What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hooligans and hoovians. Don't blink. Don't close your eyes. Don't even watch your TV. Just listen to us on this podcast because that's all you need as we cover Doctor Who week by week on the Who Way podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, here as always with Adam and Melissa. It's time, guys. The time of angels. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> also, Kevin, we've been podcasting together almost every week for years now and yeah. i still like have no idea what you're gonna say at the no. start of these podcasts it's always listen uh, just a really pleasant surprise peek behind a curtain i usually don't either <laughs> <laughs> i'm coming in I'm just completely mind blanked and seeing what happens it's the best way to do it right Adam, it's like please. usually good yeah i mean it's like usually good <laughs> usually at least 65 percent <laughs> of the time it's good i think I is mean, where i'm like willing to go which is a pretty good pretty number good. all things yeah. considered really yeah, it's still an f but still pretty good well you know if you're grading on like is a ridiculous an f? yeah it's so, a d, right? like, yeah, d plus, 90. D. okay a d is not an f those are well i don't know right. honestly the fact that you have to get at least 60 to get a different letter than an f is kind of ridiculous all things considered but yeah i guess it's a d yeah yeah, yeah. 
right? Because then it's just an F. Like zero to sixty is an F, and then they it start delineating all that. And it's like why like are a we? Fifty was an F. I thought you did. Oh, like that, that also is an F. The work. Well, anything less than anything less than sixty, 60. is an F. Yeah. Sometimes that. But you're right. It higher. should be fifty. If you're halfway there, you should at least be like, "Well, you passed, I guess." No, yeah, there's right? yeah, there's none of that. There's none of that happening. Anyway, I'll t- <laughs> you know what I'll tell you about? Maybe we should give ourselves that for our grading purposes for which episodes we decide to do. And this time, overwhelming A plus. Well yeah, done. Great. I mean, yeah, well you did great. You did it. The bar was pretty low, but like we exceeded it. I'm so happy. Um, but before we really get into this podcast, um, I was not here last week. And no, I really had the distinct pleasure, uh, well, number one, of being on vacation with some friends. So that was a ton of fun. I'm going to rub that in just a little bit at the top and then probably not mention that again. Is, are you rubbing yeah, in that you have great. friends? Well, no, they're like also your friends. They're maybe yeah, this, closer this to you Yeah, this is the thing. Me, Adam but... went on vacation without us, with our friends. It's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Unbelievable. But also with some of those very same friends, we were driving in the car for many, many hours to go there and back and the podcast dropped the day we drove back. So, of course... We listen to the podcast in the car, and lo and behold, three seconds in, I hear, oh, there's no Adam. We're free. We're free to do whatever we want. We are totally free, as if I was the one holding this podcast back from anything. Are you kidding me? What ba- what barriers or boundaries am I well, putting on here? I'm popping off. I'm going off. The- there are no rails anywhere close to this podcast. What do you mean you're free? All you did was quack. That's it. Famously, you don't like fun. Famously. I'm willing to quack. You want me to quack? I'll yeah. quack for you. We'll all I'll be free. quack for you is one hell of a statement. <laughs> I just hope you feel free enough to be who you are in this podcast while I'm here. Oh, my God. I, I just it was like right off the bat. It was like two minutes in. We're free of Adam. Unbelievable. What we should have done is just railed against hand holding the whole time. That's what we should have. Uh, we should have leaned into. Yeah, I'm, I mean, not uh, you know, not for not, not for nothing here, Kevin. On the car ride back, I was holding hands while listening to this podcast. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I'm just gonna put that wow. out there. Yeah, see, you're free to do people. that. That's what I'll One tell you. That's what, what we're okay. free to do. Got a little, a little anyway, insight into Adam on that on yeah. that on that uh, revelation. Well, is that really insight? I feel like I've been I've been literally talking about hand holding since like episode one of Doctor. I think Who. the insight is just that you drive an automatic. Yeah, I guess. Oh, um, yeah. I feel like most people do. Is, is that, that not exciting? like a normal? I don't know. I, I, drive I feel like that's like very I standard. I yeah, I have no idea how to drive a manual. I tried once. It didn't go well, and so I never did it again. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't even think I know anyone that drives not automatic. Like the closest I get is someone who doesn't have a car and only rides their bike. Like that's, <laughs> that's like as close to automatic. I mean, I yeah. definitely know people that drive manual vehicles. Oh, I just don't happen to be one of them. Okay. Pop off, Melissa. I don't know. Is that like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I do. Living in New York. I don't know a lot of people that drive anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, the city boys over here, I guess. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, fantastic podcast. It was really enjoyable to listen to. Uh, You both are are fantastic people who uh, did did a great thing. I really did enjoy listening. So I thought you meant this podcast. I thought you were about to wrap this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) we're about five minutes in. No, no, he was just ripping sarcasm as he complimented us on our podcast. There was no sarcasm there. I genuinely enjoyed it. 
Definitely mm-hmm. fell only, only one of the three people in the car fell asleep whilst listening to this <laughs> podcast. And it wasn't me. Well, because I was driving. So I was going to say that. There's no like way that, I could have. Yeah. But yeah, only one out of the three people in the car fell asleep. The Name other one names, Adam. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Sarah, I, of course it was. Yeah, I was, like, was going to say. Of course it was. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> I was the easiest guest. <laughs> the one who doesn't watch Doctor Who. <laughs> the one yeah, who doesn't watch Doctor Who and fell asleep in the car for like 14 out of the 16 hours. Todd was in the back, though. He loved it. He had a great time friend of the podcast yeah. he, he really enjoyed it we chuckled a couple times it's great uh yeah i'll just remember that the next time uh sarah's talking about some show i don't cover or yeah watch. yeah yeah I'll, I'll remember that the next time i listen to a podcast from psr <laughs> <laughs> that's a it's a joke only a few people will get here um I guess only a few people I... yeah we've never mentioned it on this podcast <laughs> before that you never listen to psr podcast no, so no. this will yeah it's okay, Kevin. When you don't listen, they're free. They're free to do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> totally free. This is very true. Uh, well, we're free this week to cover the time of the angels. It is uh, Doctor Who season five, episode four, the first of a two-parter that honestly, I remember when I first watched it, it rocked and I was really excited for a lot of reasons. And then every subsequent time, still equally excited and needless to say that has not changed this episode it's it's again it's a first part and we have i feel like we've talked about this so much we're usually in two parters it feels like the first part is a little bit slower or there's parts in the middle that slow down but like with moffat especially i just don't get that when when he writes stuff and especially like this episode it was tense all the way through it felt like stuff was happening from beginning to end, it was like nonstop action and intrigue and horror. It's just top notch in this episode. And also, I guess most importantly, Melissa, I feel like you're you're waiting to say this: the return of River Song. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this is bringing back the angels. This is bringing back River. Like, it has to be worse than those first times, right? It can't possibly reach those highs now for for the... And I'm like, do you know what? I've, I've got no notes. Like, I have notes. Obviously, I have extensive <laughs> oh, notes. No. I was about to say, I hope you have, I have notes. No, those are- <laughs> yeah, but I have no... Like, no, it was still really, really good. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's I'm just... Uh, gosh, I love this woman so goddamn much. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, consistently a set of episodes that I'll go back and watch, like, just, like, outside of a Doctor Who rewatch that I'm just, like, kind of plowing through or whatever. I will go back and watch these episodes. They're so freaking good. Um, And the thing that has, like, really gotten to me as I'm, like, now pouring over them with a fine-tooth comb as opposed to just, like, enjoyably watching them, I'm, like, really watching them for this podcast, is, like, the pacing of this episode is insanely good and also insanely slow in like the best possible way. We're not just like frantically jumping from scene to scene, from character to character. We're like, here's the setup. Let's take 10 plus minutes and like really sit in this and like develop it. And then once we develop it, this leads to this 10 minute scene. Like it's not like a two or three minute kind of rapid fire. We're here, then we're here, then we're here, then we're here, then we're here. It's like, let's just hang out for a second and really build that tension. Because I think that to me, like when we're talking about the horror element of it, I don't like horror. We uh, This is like well-established. I really don't like the horror scary stuff. I hate jump scares and stuff like that. But when it's like, 
the mental horror of like oh my god yeah. my skin is crawling like that you know the reveal of like that which bears the image of an angel that becomes itself an angel i'm like oh shit like we're about to like do this and then like we see amy in there but it's not like immediate we like see amy in there for a while and then we go in we're like in the cave for a while before anything happens we're like oh my gosh we're just like sitting in it and it's so scary it's so like heart like my heart is like beating out out of my chest like it's just incredibly good i'm so excited that i'm here for this what what an incredible episode and you know the river song of it all what a uh, just a fantastic character and we get to open up with her right on top of matt smith like yes Yes. please thank you very much (laughs) yeah i made the mistake of watching this last night right before going to bed and i was like this is a ter- I made a terrible mistake as I like turned out all the lights in my apartment. I was like, oh no. Sleeping with one eye open just in case. Yeah, it was not it was not good timing. I, I it was a serious mistake on my part. This episode, like it's 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 really great. And this time when I was watching it, it I was thinking about Blink. Um, and thinking about this episode. And I was thinking about the differences between them. And I had never thought about this comparison before. But I, I do love horror, and two of my favorite horror films, and I feel like we've mentioned on the podcast before, are the films Alien and then sequel Aliens, which are both phenomenal, but like different movies. Like the approach of Aliens was so good because it knew it couldn't top the original, so it took a kind of very different route, made it more a little bit actiony, threw in way more uh, xenomorphs as opposed to singular one in the first one. It opened it up a lot. And as I was watching this, I was like, I really get the vibes that this is that. Like, the, the Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone, which is going to be the next part, feels like the aliens to Blink's alien. And right before coming to the podcast, I was looking up to make sure I got the title of the second one right. And I saw a note about the writing of this. And literally, Stephen Moffat said when he approached this episode, he wanted to make it the aliens to Blink's alien. And I was like, oh my God, mission effing accomplished, my man. Because <laughs> like, it really does feel that way. And I think it's executed very well. It's completely different, but has a, all sorts of different tensions to it that in my opinion, still has the angels as creepy and scary, even though they were so horrifying in the first one, this is a completely different vibe to them, but it still works really well for me. Um, and like a lot of people, I think your mileage will vary about like which one you like more, Alien or Aliens, Blink or this. But like they're they're still both top tier, and it's hard to argue, in my opinion, that fact. Yeah, to, to me, something about Blink being both the introduction, it being this like wrapped up story all in one. It does, um, it does like take the edge a little bit. But I love this expansion of the lore around the angels that we get in this episode, and um. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of good there. It's funny, when I had watched this, I started with Matt Smith, and then before watching this episode, I paused down, and I watched Blink and Silence in the Library, parts one and two, and then I came back to watch this. It was basically like, I was told, like, you need to know who the angels are, and you need to know who River is, and then I watched this. So it's kind of funny that this, like, wasn't my introduction to either of these two, despite the fact that I started with Matt Smith, so, Um, which I think is good. I think that I'm glad that I got to sort of see the story in order. I don't know if like, did either of you have a different, is this? I would have seen this before Blink, but I could not have like told you 
I don't know how I felt about that in the moment because I like I was coming into Doctor Who without really knowing like what the big lore of Blink was, and I just you know had you know had, had, had I watched all of Matt Smith and then I went back to Eccleston and did the full watch through. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I I definitely really enjoyed this. I thought this was a really fantastic. Um, you know, even if this is your opening to the Angels, which like for me it was, I think it works really well. Um, not because it's like you know tremendously different or like interestingly different than like what blink provided in terms of the lore of the angels but like it is different like it is there is like a little bit of a twist to it especially as we're like kind of getting into part two um you know the the talking of it all we had kind of at the end and and you know some of like that element of it to the communication which is i think is really interesting but like getting to see the doctor actually interact in those situations with the angels for me, that to me is like the biggest difference between what blink did and what this episode is. Because I think we, I I remember us talking on the blink podcast. I think with Todd, actually, now that I'm like remembering this podcast, um, of just like how cool would it have been to have gotten actual interactions with the doctor in the episode? It was really it was a, it was a fantastic episode. It was basically amazing for what it was. We like heaped praise on it for an hour straight. Like, well, there was anything bad about it, but like how cool was it to see Matt Smith? Like, in there like dealing with what's going on and like really involved in the situation with like his little flouncy mannerisms but then like also him like getting really serious for these moments of like this is the most deadly creature in the universe like this is like this is what it is this is the epitome of what evil is you know outside of a dog of course but like this these creatures are like not here to f around like they're they're here for like for real and so this is very dangerous and seeing Matt Smith and engage in those and you know interactions is really great and then just more him and amy i'm just i'm in love and then the amy and river song stuff is like river is amy is like figuring um it's just so good this whole episode's so good yeah i think, I think th- there's a sentence that they say somewhere about how the angels are like the most evil um evolved creature or something and i think that that's the distinction right because i think the daleks are created they're not if i'm remembering my, my dalek lore correctly so um but i didn't get a sense of them being evil in blink right like blink they're just sort of like predators but they're not mm-hmm. necessarily like vicious and this was like oh like them like taunting the doctor in this episode i was like oh these these guys are messed up this is very cruel yeah it adds a, a lot of depth to them and expands the lore and the mythos which again is exactly what aliens did and alien there's the one thing it's unknown we don't really learn much about it we just know it exists that it's like a creeping threat and in this this one, it's a swarm, and they're dangerous, and they're coming for you. And it's very, very interesting in that contrast. Um, but on the side of it, right? Like, yeah, the other half of, that that we haven't dived into, but might as well here, is the Amy, but also the river of it all. Like, even if you hadn't seen Silence, I think they do such a great job in this episode, still with River, of reintroducing a character, or even for your first time introducing her, and keeping this air of mystery. Because... Let's uh, spoiler. We are not going to find a lot about River immediately. It's going to be a slow paced thing. And I kind of love that fact. And the fact that they meet out of order constantly, this all plays into that. And you can watch this episode and feel, I think like you're in it. You didn't miss anything, but what you do miss, I will say is small references here and there, which I think are really great that I, I like, once you've seen it a couple of times, you can like catch little things. So those parts are really fun. Um, and then, of course, to your point, Adam, you get the Amy interacting with River, which is really, really uh, um, fascinating to see them interact and then playing off each other. We always talk about how we like 
previous companions meeting older companions or different groups of people meeting for the first time who have interactions with the doctor and seeing them play off each other and we're seeing that here really really well executed and um this plays into a lot of stuff that that, that we're just not going to talk about here because it's going to be for the far future the spoilers again river comes back but this is, uh, I mean, we know, we, we technically know when she dies, but like there, there's just so much fascinating stuff uh, within the context of this episode, but also within the context of what will be the mythos. Yeah. And I think like the crazy statement that I'm going to say at like the start of this podcast, outside of all the other crazy things I've said over the course of the last 17 minutes, um, I think this is a better introduction to River Song than Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. And I like, I don't necessarily mean that to say that like River wasn't a better character earlier because I like really loved those episodes and really enjoyed it. But I think there is something to like the timey-wiminess of the Doctor Who of like just randomly meeting at different intersections of the timeline without the finality of River Song kind of at the beginning slash end, however you want to like think about that. Like I think that that was a lot to wrap my head around for a character that was like okay if this is like the uh, you know what i mean like there's like more there than just like oh we're intersecting at different points going different ways like that's the story that's pretty freaking cool and like i i don't know i feel like that maybe it's just because this was my introduction to river song so i don't know but i actually think that this was a better introduction to river song than science library forest of the dead i don't know how crazy of a statement that is but i don't know a little a little, a little? i don't think it's like fully crazy but a little because like I think the power of silence and forest of the dead is the fact that you meet a character at the end of their time with the doctor. And at the time we didn't know we we're going to see her again. As we've said, I think on that podcast, it could have been it and it would have been a really good story. So like her showing up again, we're just like, Oh my God, there's a larger thing here. And that continues. And I think it's really interesting. There's, there's elements of story, right. And especially horror where it's like, you the viewer or you the reader knowing an end and knowing something's coming adds a lot of tension and a lot of heartbreak knowing where their story is going to end adds a lot of intrigue in my opinion like you'll get it if you go back and watch it but adds a lot of like little things knowing that that day is going to come and wonder when is that day supposed to come because they are meeting out of order and any day for all we know could be the last day before uh, they meet. And interestingly, there are some references here about a little bit of that, which I think is cool. Um, but like, I don't think it's fully nuts. Like this is this is a solid introduction. Um, but for me, I think there's some really fascinating stuff storytelling wise by doing it the other way. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. All right. Well, let's actually get into the storytelling of this episode. But first, as always, we're just going to take a quick break. All right. And we are back let's talk about the time of angels yeah so there's a man in the middle of a field with a smudge of lipstick on his face he seems really out of it he says it's a beautiful day another man walks up and identifies it as hallucinogenic lipstick and says she's here a woman walks in 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 an evening dress and very high heels which okay our transcriber buddy uh that i use that i've referenced a few times uh generally very spot on with the notes um but the notes about the high heels here was that they were like overly high heels or like whatever. I was like, no, no, no. These are these are absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> like serving a look, high heels for River Sog. Uh, so uh, anyway, I have the, the tiniest of beef after giving heaping much praise. But anyway, can uh, talk, I mean, can we talk? Let's talk about the high heels for a second because I think they yeah. looked really good. But they were like. They were pretty high, Melissa. Yeah. I mean, they're too high for me, but I'm saying they're not too high for the likes of River Song. Do you have the yeah. exact transcript of what of what was written or no? Uh, I mean, I could pull it up pretty quick. I'm I'm curious about like what you saw that made you be like, oh, the, okay, this is, you know, this Probably is Probably just it. a commentary of too high heels could be the issue because like they're not. I mean, like it depends on like the person and their height and everything like that. Like certainly would it be uncomfortable? I mean, probably. Yeah. Okay, the exact quote is, a woman strides along in an evening dress and ridiculously high heels. <laughs> yeah, that's not... That's okay, not, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they're ridiculously They're high. not ridiculously high heels. I've definitely seen ridiculously high heels, and I'm looking yeah. especially at you, video games, but... Yeah, <laughs> like, video games. Maybe, like, yeah. incredibly high, 
like yeah. really high, I think would have worked. Rather like, high. Ra- yeah. Like really, yeah, like, okay, maybe we're Yeah, like those. would I roll an ankle and hurt myself? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My ankles would be destroyed in those things. So, yeah. you know, we're, it's over. It looks good, though. Pop off. River was serving from, from moment one here, for 100%. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she uh, shoots open a door lock, starts to use the pistol as a torch, carving into the side of a box. Then we see 12,000 years later, the doctor and Amy are walking through a museum. The doctor looks at the exhibit saying, wrong, wrong, bit right, mostly wrong. I love museums. Amy wants to see a planet, but the doctor explains this is the delirium archive, the final resting place of the headless monks, the biggest museum ever. Amy asks what he needs a museum for when he has a time machine, but realizes it's for the doctor to keep score as he starts claiming pieces in the museum. The doctor sees a box and explains it's a home box, like a black box on a plane, except it flies home with all the flight data. The writing on the side is an old high Gallifreyan, the lost language of the Time Lords. There were days, many days, there were, these words could burn stars and raise up empires and topple gods. Amy asks what it says, and the doctor says, hello, sweetie. We see the woman carving the message into the box as River Song winks at the security camera. Uh, the, 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 the fact, again, this, this episode starts with timey-wimey, and I already love that fact, right? The fact yeah. that it's 12,000 years in the future, we're seeing the concurrent moments of her carving a message into the box where the doctor's looking at the petrified, essentially, remains, fossilized remains of that box itself, I think is very fun. But there's also the intrigue, like, the fact that River knows Gallifreyan is important and still yeah. leaves a lot of questions about like why she knows that. Um, and there's also some little references here. I'll just call this one out because the doctor mentions that this museum is the last resting place of the headless monks. What does that mean? Well, that's for the future, <laughs> but yeah. that will be important then. <laughs> yeah, so an alarm goes off. The doctor and Amy race back to the TARDIS while a man confronts River and says, party's over, Dr. Song. The doctor tells Amy that someone on a spaceship 12,000 years ago is trying to attract his attention, and he gets the security playback to see the footage of River winking. River explains to the man she needed to see what was in his vault, asks him if he knows what's down there because this ship won't reach its destination. The man tells his guard to wait until River runs to not make it look like an execution. River says, triple seven, five, slash, three, four, nine, by 10, zero, 12, slash, acorn, and I could do with an air corridor. The doctor starts punching in the coordinates, and River tells the guard, like I said on the dance floor, you might want to find something to hang on to. She blows a kiss as the airlock opens, and River is sucked out into space as the TARDIS materializes in her path, and she lands on top of the doctor inside. She's so badass. <laughs> yeah, right? you couldn't tell me a more badass opening to a character. Like, truly, this is incredible. Yeah, like, it's there's, incredible. There's like the touch of James Bondness in this entire sequence. Just her attitude is so great. Like, I'm sure that there's people out there who maybe don't like River, but I don't want to meet them because I would not get along with them. Like, <laughs> this character is just so fantastically uh, written. And the way she plays off the Doctor, I think, is really fun. Like, we're going to see a little bit of this as, as we go on. But there's really what's fascinating and frustrating, I think, for the Doctor himself is that he's used to being the most informed person in the room, and he's not when River is around. And it's not just like, it's not an intelligence thing, it's just that she knows more than him because of the way that they meet, and like, clearly that frustrates this guy who likes going to museums because he keeps score. <laughs> like, it's incredible, the dynamic. Yeah, and just the like, you know, like, it, it warps your brain a little bit to be like, okay, but how is he there? But it's like, 
the time stuff, it all makes sense. You mm -hmm. just have to like stop and like puzzle about it for a second. And uh, even the weird like kind of floating through space, I was like, yeah, it's the air corridor she asked for, exactly. I guess. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Are people upset about that? Are people upset about the floating through space? Uh, I saw it in our feedback. We'll get to it. Okay. Well, I think it, I think it was a pretty minor nitpick. So. She asked for the air corridor. Like, who yeah. are we to, you know, River gets what she wants, you know? And we actually like, saw in Beast Below that he's able to extend the, the, the field of the TARDIS because he did that to be able to hold Amy as she's, like, hanging out there in space at one point. So I think it's, like, one of those things that it's a sci-fi thing, but there's precedent, certainly, to extend the field of the ship. I've seen it yeah. in, in a few other stuff, too, so... It tracks. They've laid this groundwork. Yeah. Plus, we can't accept like space and time travel without actually accepting like space and time travel. So let's, you know, let's, <laughs> let's pump the brakes on being upset about this. <laughs> so River tells the doctor to follow that ship, tells him to use the stabilizers, the blue switches. The doctor says the blue ones don't do anything. They're just blue. And River says, yes, they're the blue stabilizers. She presses them and the TARDIS stops shaking. The doctor says that's boring. They're boringers. They're the blue boringers. Amy asks how she can fly the TARDIS, but the doctor says, you call that flying the TARDIS? Ha! Rivers mapped out the course and parked the TARDIS. The doctor thinks they haven't even landed because the TARDIS didn't make the noise. But Rivers says it's not supposed to make that noise, but he leaves the brakes on. He calls it a brilliant noise and tells Amy to come along and take a look. When Matt Smith makes, makes the, the noise... <laughs> Yes. and he's like so into it he's like he really puts him whole his whole self in it it's just so funny i love that so much like that's Stay. the kind of like humor and like little like but i, but I love the noise <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> it's so funny yeah it's so good i uh yeah his like indignation at this whole thing is just really great and it's not that he's like meeting her for the first time but he's still like not all that sure about this mm -hmm. version of her and he's like i don't know <laughs> yeah it's really great um so river stops them for an environment check she says they're somewhere in the gam belt early indications of an atmosphere but the doctor says we're on Al alfava matraxis the seventh planet of the dundra system oxygen rich atmosphere all toxins in the soft band 11 hour day and chances of rain later River responds, he thinks he's so hot when he does that. Uh, which <laughs> is I he think, not? <laughs> yeah, I think the answer is, and you do you think he is too? <laughs> like, we all do. <laughs> Amy asks her how she can fly the TARDIS, and River says she had lessons from the very best, but it was a shame the doctor was busy that day and wonders why the ship landed here. But the doctor says they didn't land, that they crashed, and River leaves to investigate. Uh, Amy demands an explanation from the doctor. Who is that? And how did she do that museum thing? The doctor says, it's a long story and I don't know most of it. Off we go. <laughs> he goes to leave and Amy accuses him of running away. The doctor says, yep, because she's the future, his future. Amy asks if he can run away from that. And he says he can run away from anything he likes. Time is not the boss of me. Amy asks if it's a planet out there and reminds him he promised a planet and asked for five minutes. The doctor agrees and says, okay, five minutes, but that's all. Because I'm telling you now, that woman is not dragging me into anything. Yeah, that's what he thinks. Yeah, and of course, like, we're watching, it's like, yeah, yeah she is. Like, of course she is. Mm -hmm. Like, this is I exactly mean, that woman could happen. drag me into anything. I would yeah. like that woman to drag me into Yeah, yes. that like, woman could follow, drag me into follow a closet. You, follow her anywhere she goes. Just drag me wherever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also, I also love this little bit, because watching it this time, there's this whole thing when you look at the broader story of Matt Smith as the doctor as like the doctor who runs away. And there's a lot here about the doctor who's constantly running is sort of like his 
thing. Um, and so seeing these bits and pieces there, it, it really is, I think, coming to to light like that arc with the characters. It's something I've been watching out for as we've been doing the rewatch because it's something I saw before we started this season. Um, and I just thought that I was really interesting seeing this here, like Amy saying, like, is that what you're going to do right away? And him being like, yes, you know, time is not the boss of me and stuff like that. I think I think there's a lot of really interesting ground here. And I'm, I'm really excited to like kind of dig deeper as it goes. Uh, so the spaceship is now a burning wreck sticking out of a building. Amy asks what caused the crash, but River says it wasn't her. Doctor agrees that the airlock would have sealed seconds after she blew it, but according to the home box, the warp engines had a phase shift and there were no survivors. River says the phase shift would have to be sabotage, and she did warn them, but at least the building was empty. An Aplane temple unoccupied for centuries. Amy asks the doctor, aren't you going to introduce us? And the doctor says, Amy Pond, Professor River Song. River says, ah, I'm going to be professor someday, am I? How exciting. Spoilers. I love his roll of eyes reaction to that, too. Because, like, he's so... This is why he gets, like, frustrated around her. Because he's just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying half the time. I don't know what I'm meeting you. And he's giving away those spoilers about what's going to be in her future. Uh, which is which is very funny. And, and it just on its own. Yeah. Amy asks who she is and how she left him a note in the museum. River says, two things always guaranteed to show up in a museum. The home box of Category 4 Starline and sooner or later, him. It's how he keeps score. Amy says, I know. And the river, the doctor tells River that he's nobody's taxi service. I'm not going to be there to catch you every time you feel like jumping out of a spaceship. River says, and you are so wrong. There's one survivor. There's a thing in the belly of that ship that can't ever die. Now he's listening. River speaks into her communicator, tells someone she's at the crash site, tells them to home in on her signal, and asks the doctor to sonic her so she can use the signal as a beacon. The doctor does, begrudgingly, and Amy says, ooh, doctor, you sonicked her. <laughs> River says they have a minute, shall we, and pulls out her TARDIS-style diary. Where are we up to? Have we done the bone meadows? Amy asks what the book is, and the doctor tells her to stay away from it, explains it's her diary. River corrects him that it's our diary, and the doctor explains her past, my future, time travel. We keep meeting in the wrong order. Four soldiers appear from dust tornadoes, and one uh, named Octavian says, You promised me an army, Dr. Song. River says, No, I promised you the equivalent of an army. This is the doctor. Octavian introduces himself, says he has 20 clerics at the command. Dr. Song was helping them with a covert investigation and asks if she has explained what they are dealing with. And River says, Doctor, what do you know of the weeping angels? Awesome line. Uh, awesome line read at yes. the end. Like truly just knocks it out of the park because even at that point, I'm like, oh baby, like here we go. We're ramping up. Let's do this thing. Um, I would also like to submit that the um one of the best euphemisms that I have ever heard is uh oh doctor, you sonicked her. Yeah. Um, I would like that to become just daily vernacular. I would like us to use that and then all other, you know, whovians and hooligans or who whom whatever kevin says Umi, the what, yeah whatever kevin says at the top all of us we'll know what that means and so we can have like this little secret language we sonic her yeah yeah wow also so he used, like, no one pick it up, but... yeah when what he was mean? using his second hand i was like oh that's a real sonicking that's happening over there with <laughs> double-handed sonicking like pop off doctor wow adam adam you're really trying to be streets ahead here um i'm trying I... oh shout out to the finality of community community yeah. building recording i think like literally right like now right, now. right yeah. now yeah, yeah. what a great uh, i'm excited to listen to that back later series finale go go check out all that there too it post your recaps you can listen to post your recaps podcast kevin that's so exciting 
I could, but instead, instead I'm going to talk Something about like this other thing, yeah. which is uh, Octavian, the uh, the lead soldier, is played by uh, Ian Glenn. I hope I'm pronouncing his first name right, but it's uh, I-A-I-N. Uh, but he is famous for playing Jorah Mormont on yep. uh, Game of Thrones. So I was very excited. I, I, I obviously watched I, this before Game of Thrones must have hit, I guess, um, because when I saw him, I got very uh excited this time to be like oh hey it's jorah mormont uh so yeah. it's very fun uh to see him there's only six british actors so of course they would end up here <laughs> yeah this whole thing with like the bishop and the clerics and all of that like we'll get a bit more of it as we go throughout this episode but i remember it being just this like interesting additional lore piece that i was like what mm. what's going on here what what does this mean what the um, church becoming yeah. militant that seems so unlikely weird yeah um, so at the camp, Octavian explains the angel, as far as we know, is still trapped in the ship. Our mission is to get inside and neutralize it. We can't go through up top. We'd be too close to the drives. According to this, behind the cliff face, there's a network of catacombs leading right up to the temple. Uh, I gotta say, all the British actors uh, pronounce it like catacombs, uh, and I've never heard it that way before in my life, other than this episode. But is that a Brit? Is it like a British thing? I assume so. Uh, same way that they say oregano, weirdos. Oregano, yeah. like they don't say oregano, they say oregano. Yeah. Why? Why are they emphasizing Aluminium. Don? I don't know. Why do they do okay. half the things that they do? I don't know. I, I, I okay. I don't know. Uh, catacombs are also very creepy. Just as a general note, I, that's not a hot take by any means. Yeah, I was but, like, say. they're very, very creepy. Like seeing Places the, the piles that the dead of are buried, or kind of but it's like the, you know, like much different than like graveyards and cemeteries. Like seeing piles and piles and piles of skulls is just like, what? A, why? Why is this a thing? What are we doing? Because here? graveyards and cemeteries are so cheery. They're well more cheery than well, like, they're, they're than, more cheery than, than catacombs. catacombs. Yeah, are they, or are like, they just I, the thing you're used to? from western culture well they they look nicer yeah there's Do not they? open skulls there's, everywhere yeah yeah i mean they're kind of cool the skulls uh, yeah all right look uh, for the record i enjoy both because again i'm into horror and you know morbid stuff so but like, it is morbid like you, we have it to is like, morbid call for sure. a spade here this okay is, just yeah. because you've like sanitized death in a graveyard doesn't make it any less morbid i mean i don't even know if it's like sanitized because it's just like dirt and trees and outside like nothing outside is sanitized but like it's I certainly mean, the catacombs more... are also outside no they're underground melissa there's no outside well, uh, it's underground you outside is, <laughs> it's not underground i don't think i it's think underground it is it's, it's inside the earth what do you mean it's inside i don't Someone put up a poll. Out, is is outside, a catacomb outside? What is, is outside? Is underground outside? Yes or no? That's the question. I don't think it is. It, it's got like dirt and stuff. I think it's... Having dirt pretty... doesn't make it outside. What makes it outside? I don't know. The sky? I, vibes. This is a... Vibes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Underground is <laughs> inside. Outside yeah. There's no outside. You can't. Can you see the sun? See the sky. How about that? I Is mean, it like the sky? Places outside the sky, that you right? can't see the sky. What like what kind of places? Like, like tree like cover and buildings inside. But oh well, in. you can see pieces of the sky through the leaves. I guess depending on the forest. I would argue that if you're in a forest that is so dense that you can't see the sky, then you're inside. <laughs> <laughs> you're well. You are inside the forest. Exactly. So. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway catacombs are creepy that's yeah the, 
also it's technically it's called a maze of the dead so you know there's there's it's that true yeah uh <laughs> yeah so the doctor sort of shares your opinions about the catacombs uh they he says oh good catacombs probably dark ones dark catacombs great uh they say technically it's the maze of the dead and the doctor tells him that he can stop anytime he likes <laughs> Uh, Amy asked the doctor, you're letting people call you sir. You never do that. So whatever a weeping angel is, it's really bad, yeah? Amy picking up on this, I think, is incredible. Yeah. She has a lot of moments that are, like, showcasing her ability to, to, to like, piece together stuff and think laterally and come up with, like, really clever solutions. And I love it. Yeah. The doctor says, now that's interesting. You're still here. What part of wait in the TARDIS till I tell you it's safe was so confusing? She says, ooh, you're all Mr. Grumpy Face today. The doctor explains that weeping angel Amy is the deadliest, most powerful, most malevolent life form evolution has ever produced. And right now, one of them is trapped inside that wreckage. And I'm supposed to climb in after it with a screwdriver and a torch. And assuming I survived the radiation long enough and assuming the whole ship doesn't explode in my face, do something incredibly clever, which I haven't actually thought of yet. That's my day. That's what I'm up to. Any questions? Amy asks, is River Song your wife? Because she's someone from your future, and the way she talks to you, I've never seen anyone do that. She's kind of like you, you know? Heel, boy. Uh, she's Mrs. Doctor from the future, isn't she? Is she going to be your wife one day? The doctor says, yes, you're right. I am definitely Mr. Grumpy Face today. <laughs> River calls for the doctor. Amy asks why they call him Father Octavian, and the doctor explains he's their bishop. They're his clerics. It's the 51st century. The church has moved on. Uh, she's like, heel, boy, defines one of my many types. I'll just have to say. <laughs> <laughs> the way that she like delivers some of these lines throughout this whole bit A is plus. so funny. Uh, I just love her like not even acknowledging him him going on this like thing about everything he's got to deal with, calling him Mr. Grumpy Face, and then being like, is she your wife? What's going on? What's mm -hmm. the deal here? Like, yeah. uh, Ignoring she, like, everything gets, he said. <laughs> yeah, once she, like, gets focused on something or, like, really into something, she's like, she's not going to let that go. Like, she's like, oh, this is this is what we're talking about right now. It does not matter what your day looks like. F your calendar. I do not care. <laughs> this is my time to ask questions, and I really respect that, so good for her. Yeah. And the thing that she is most focused on is this woman – uh, who Why? clearly has a hold over the doctor, and I think it's so great. <laughs> uh, so we see this grainy image of a weeping angel with its back turned towards the camera. River explains it's security camera footage from the Byzantium vault. It's looped every four seconds. The doctor confirms it's an angel, explains he encountered them once before on Earth a long time ago, but those were scavengers barely surviving. Amy says, but it's just a statue. And River says, it's a statue when you see it. The doctor asks where it came from, and River explains it was pulled from the ruins of Razbahan, uh, end of last century, and had been in private hands ever since, dormant all that time. The doctor says there's a difference between dormant and patient, which is just a very good line. Uh, Amy asks what that means, if it's a statue when you see it. River explains the weeping angels only move if they're unseen, so legend has it. But the doctor says, no, it's not legend. It's a quantum lock. In the sight of any living creature, the angels literally cease to exist. They're just stone, the ultimate defense mechanism. Amy asks, what about a stone? And the doctor says, being a stone until you turn your back. It's so creepy and so good. Uh, also, um, we find out, I think, in this sentence that the ship is the Byzantium, which is important because when River, when we first meet River, she mentions the crash of the Byzantium. So it's mm. kind of fun to see like, this is what she was referencing in uh, Science of the Library as an adventure they previously had. So once again, Moffat just 
long plan in his stuff here. Yeah, he, I'm, this is like a high five to himself. Like honestly, yes. all of this, all this episode is like, you remember that awesome shit I did like a couple <laughs> seasons ago? Yeah, this is me. Like I'm back, baby. Like this is what we're doing. And I, again, I really respect it. Like good for him. Yeah, he, yeah. He put in that, put in that groundwork. It's time to re. Yeah, he put in the work. Baby. Like this is it. <laughs> yeah. So the doctor explains the whole ship will be flooded with radiation from the crash, cracked electrons, gravity storm, deadly to almost any living thing, but not deadly to an angel dinner to an angel the longer they leave it in there the stronger it will grow the doctor asks who built the temple if they're still around river explains the aplans the indigenous life form that died out 400 years ago octavian continues the 200 years later the planet was terraformed and there are currently six billion human colonists the doctor says "Woo, you lot you're everywhere you're like rabbits i'm never gonna get done saving you Octavian asks if there's a clear and present danger to the local population, and the doctor says there is as bad as it gets and tells the bishop to lock and load. Octavian prepares explosives and calls River to him, but she asks for two minutes and tells the doctor, sweetie, I need you. The doctor asks, sweetie, and Amy says, nobody need me, nobody. So she goes off and looks at the image of the angel on the monitor. Its face is now raised from its hands and starting to look over its shoulder. River gives the doctor a book. She says, I found this definitive work on the angels. Well, the only one. Written by a madman, it's barely readable, but I've marked a few passages. The doctor flips through the whole thing, reading it instantly. Not bad. Bit slow in the middle. Didn't you hate his girlfriend? No, no. Hang on. Wait. And sniffs the book. Amy asks River if she has more than one clip of the angel. River says no, just the four seconds. The doctor says the book is wrong. The angel's now looking straight at the viewer, hands completely lowered. When Amy looks again, it's closer to the camera. The door closes and locks behind her. River tells the doctor, it's so strange when you go all babyface. How early is this for you? The doctor says, very early. River asks, so you don't know who I am yet? The doctor asks, how do you know who I am? I don't always look the same. River says, I've got pictures of all your faces. You never show up in the right order, though. I need the spotter's guide. The doctor says, pictures. Why aren't there pictures? Amy tries turning off the monitor, but it comes back on again and again. She moves closer to the monitor, says it's just a recording. It can't move. She tries to pull out the cable. When she looks back, the angel is up close to the camera, but the timestamp is still running through the same four seconds. Amy calls for the doctor. The angel's mouth is open. The doctor says this whole book is a warning about the weeping angels, so why no pictures? Why not show us what to look out for? River says there was a bit about images. What was that? Doctor reads and says, that which holds the image of an angel becomes itself an angel. Amy calls for the doctor. River asks what that means. And the angel starts to appear in the room. She yells for the doctor that it's in the room, uh, that it's coming out of the television. The doctor tells her to keep her eyes on it, that it can't move if she's looking. The lock is deadlocked, but River says there is no deadlock. The doctor says, don't blink, Amy. Don't even blink. The doctor's cutting the power, saying the angel is using the screen, but it's deadlocked the whole system. River repeats again that there's no deadlock, but the doctor says there is now. The doctor tells Amy to start turning the screen off again, but not to take her eyes off the angel. He says every time it moves, it'll move faster, not to even blink. Amy says, I'm not blinking. Have you ever tried not blinking? Uh, she starts closing kind of one eye at a time. Amy tells the doctor the screen just keeps switching back on, and the doctor explains it's the angel. She says it's just a recording, but the doctor says anything that takes the image of an angel is an angel. River's trying to cut through the door, but it's not possible. Amy asks the, the doctor what it's going to do to her. The doctor tells Amy to look at the angel, but not look at the eyes. He reads from the book, the eyes are not the windows of the soul, they are the doors. Beware what may enter there. Fantastic. Like, from start to finish right now, yeah. right? Like, one, I, I do want to point out, his smile 
when he says, I'll never get done saving you, was chef's kiss. It's a very brief <laughs> moment, but as he says it, he's so excited. And I feel like that sums the doctor up in so many ways, uh, where he's just like, oh, there's so many humans everywhere. I'll never get done saving you. I'm always going to have adventure. I think it's very fun. But then we're led into this really tense, tense moment that is very reminiscent, right? Like the tension in this feels equal to me about the scenes in Blink where they're in the house and it just keeps getting closer and closer and you're having this here. And what I love is that it's a different context, right? It's not exactly the repeat of the house situation where it's a physical angel. It's now like a next evolution where it's coming through the TV screen and you're seeing like it move through the screen and then outside of it. It's so well done. Like it's it's such perfectly tense horror i think in the way that you talk about you like adam right where it's not just it's not jump scares it is psychological atmospheric horror which i think is so much better than jump scares well and it's weird because like i have to be honest like there is an element of jump scare in here right like seeing the angel change form and like when you look back like oh my god like you know but it's not like a you know, it's not just a jump scare. It's almost like an expected jump scare. It's like mm -hmm. they're they're telling us the situation of like, hey, when you look away, the angels are going to come attack you and they're going to look different. So like, we almost know that we're about to get scared again, which is like even scarier because then when we see it, it's like, oh my God, like it's actually happening. So like, I, I just really, really love that. And then I think the other thing that I just have to heap more and more praise onto Moffat, we just have to, we have to heap more and more praise onto Moffat, is just the general idea and concept of like that which bears the image of an angel becomes an angel how freaking cool is that out of yeah. nowhere it didn't have to be this didn't have to yeah. happen whatsoever we're going into a freaking catacombs of angels this is so deadly scary we already had the ship like it already could have been that and then of course because of course Moffat does he adds in this other element that is like another form of like presented danger that is kind of river and the doctor's fault for just like letting there be in the screen like they didn't know what was going on and then the ridiculously cool like concept the brilliant insight of like why are there no pictures in this book on yeah. like how exactly to deal with these angels i would never have thought of that i no, could have like yeah. had this you could like give me this giant book on like how to defeat the weeping angels 101 no pictures in there not one time what i've ever said why did they not draw any pictures i never would have gotten there but like of course the doctor did. and it took him just it took him just a second but he like knew immediately like something's off like what's going on it's just yeah, when he spells writing. the book he's like something's not yeah. right something's I can't wrong. Figure out i can't smell off. these pictures where are these pictures i should be <laughs> sniffing out here it's just so good it's like it's so unnecessarily good but like it doesn't have to be the story could have been so simple and kind of repeated and i still would have loved it because these baddies are so cool and these characters are so good but we get the elevated writing we get the elevated acting and it like really sets these episodes apart I, it's i just we have to keep heaping praise on because there's nothing else to even do the writing is just so good 100 yeah. percent every time amy looks away and you're just like yelling at her like stop looking away from the camera like stop doing it it just keeps getting worse and worse literally yelling at the screen yeah <laughs> yeah uh so amy manages to pause the time loop just as the time is restarting when there's like a glitch of static uh and then which basically extinguishes the image of the angel doctor and river are able to burst in as the monitor turns off she froze it on the blip on the tape, so it wasn't the image of the angel anymore. She asked if that was good, and River says, that was amazing. The doctor says, River, hug Amy. Amy asks why. The doctor says, because he's busy. Amy says, I'm fine, and River says, you're brilliant. Amy says, thanks. I kind of creamed it, didn't I? Uh, which, to me, seems like bad. I think creaming it seems like a bad thing. I creamed it. Uh, 
I no. think it sounds bad. Like it oh. feels like a face plant to me. Like, oh, I really right. creamed that one. Feels like yeah. you really messed it up. Have you, have you guys like never heard the like you creamed it? No. I, I don't think I, I have. I, I get the idea of like I've I heard I crushed it. I've heard it's I a very similar it. because you, I I guess maybe I've heard cream more in the sense of like, oh, you got creamed. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. you it's got a creamed. Bad thing. It's true, but also in that sentence, like the creaming is happening to you. So like you so got you creamed cream by it. someone, so someone else creamed. You know what I mean? So like look at, mm-hmm. look at Adam pulling out grammar right now. Someone <laughs> does the you know, someone does the creaming, others yeah. get creamed. You would rather do the creaming than get creamed. Yeah, I you yeah. know what? I think you dissected it. <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, I've heard get creamed, not like yeah. creamed yeah. it. I hope all of our listeners creamed it. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't get creamed. Well, most of them. You know who you are, who I hope got creamed. Oh. I I would say name names, but I like the mystery of potential creaming happening out. Okay. That makes it much more fun. Yeah. I mean, it'd be yeah. funny if I did pick just a name, right? Just like yeah. Timothy. Tim- <laughs> Timothy, you you did it. Your, your goose is yeah. cooked this week. You're going to get Noted uh, PSR listener Timothy Chalamet Timothy. is like crying. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Yes. After that Wonka trailer, Yes. I hope you did get creamed, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Oh, no. Can you imagine next week's feedback? So we got this from Timothy Chalamet. We- <laughs> <laughs> I- All it said was, I creamed it this week. That's so weird that he just... <laughs> We're waiting, Timothy. To your move. Yeah, let us know. Uh, so River asked if the angel was really there. The doctor says there was a projection of the angel. that It's reaching out, getting a good look at them. It's no longer dormant. And then there's an explosion outside. Octavian tells the doctor they're through. The doctor says, okay, now it starts. Amy has something in her eye. Uh, everyone climbs down into a large underground space. River explains it's an Aplin moratorium, a maze of the dead. Amy asks what that is. And the doctor says, well, if you happen to be a creature of living stone, the perfect hiding place as this uh, large array of mausoleums and statues are illuminated. Octavian says, I guess this makes it a bit trickier. The doctor says, a bit, yeah. River calls it a needle in a haystack, and the doctor says, a needle that looks like hay. A hay-like needle of death. A hay-like needle of death in a haystack of her statues. No, yours was fine. Octavian orders his soldiers. It's so good. I love that he, like, circles back around to be like, do you know what? Needle in a haystack. Got the point across. Just fine. Took it too far. I tried to be clever. Too clever. (laughs) Yeah. Octavian orders his soldiers to do a complete visual inspection of every statue in the chamber and ask the doctors how to fight it. The doctor says they find it and hope. Octavian stops River, says the doctor doesn't yet know who or what she is. River says it's too early in his time stream. Octavian says to make sure he doesn't work it out or he won't help them. River says she has no intention of going back to prison. Love that reveal, too, because this is something we don't know about her. So the idea that she is a criminal and a convict and, like, it, again, raises a lot of mystery about her. And once again, we will eventually get answers, but it's a long game. It is not going to be immediate at all. Yeah, the payoff stuff is going to be so good when we get there, but I just love the, like, drips and drabs of mm-hmm. info we get about her every time. Uh, Amy stops to rub her eye, and this, like, stone dust falls out between her fingers. River asks if she's all right. Amy says she's fine and asks about the maze of the dead. River says it's not as bad as it sounds. It's just a labyrinth with dead people buried in the walls. Okay, that was fairly bad. Right, give me your arm. This won't hurt a bit. She injects Amy with a Vero stabilizer that stabilizes her metabolism against radiation. Uh, Amy asks what the doctor is like in the future and River says well the doctor is the doctor and he says oh that's very helpful mind if I write that down 
River says, yes, we are, as the doctor's working nearby. And he says, sorry, what? And she says, talking about you. River says, uh, the doctor says, I wasn't listening. I'm busy. And then River points out he's using his piece of equipment upside down. Amy tells River, you're so his wife. And River says, oh, Amy, 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 this is the doctor we're talking about. Do you really think it could be anything that simple? Amy says, yep. And River says, you're good. I'm not saying you're right, but you are very good. Love it. Like, this is like, their dynamic is fantastic. And we see it, like, whenever we have certain people, I think, interact and have, like, the chemistry with each other. And, like, they do. Like, they have such good chemistry playing off of each other. And honestly, off of the Doctor as well. So much of, like, I think what succeeds in this season and this series is the fact that so many of the actors and characters really play really well with each other and feel like correct you know like oftentimes sometimes you'll see a show or you see actors just like uh something's not vibing properly um but i I feel like we don't get that at all in these situations here yeah it's so good and i yeah the river amy dynamic is going to continue to be very fun um Two of the soldiers chat about chasing lava snakes as they're walking through. Now they're chasing statues. The torch flickers and a snarling angel appears right in front of him. And then he disappears. The other soldier uh, talks to him over the radio, tells him to come and see something. Uh, and when he turns, the angel appears again. So two soldiers kind of nabbed by the angels. Uh, the doctor and the others hear shooting as a soldier shot at a random statue. Octavian gives out to the soldier saying, we know what the angels look like, right? Is that an angel? No, sir, it's not. According to the doctor, we are facing an enemy of unknowable power and infinite evil. So it would be good. It would be very good if we could all remain calm in the presence of decor, which killed me. It's such a good life. Remain Uh, calm in the presence of decor, which feels like the most goddamn British thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. The doctor asks the soldier's name. He says, Bob. Doctor says, ah, it's a great name. I love Bob. Octavian says it's a sacred name. We all have sacred names. They're given to us in the service of the church. Doctor says, sacred Bob. More like scared Bob now, eh? Ah, good. Scared keeps you fast. Anyone in this room who isn't scared is a moron. Carry on. And Octavian orders them into the maze. Uh, How do I feel about sacred names? Because honestly, it was giving off like seventh grade spanish i'm julio <laughs> like that's you know that's like the vibe that is I that who been. you were were you julio? well no i took french obviously but oh you obviously. were jacques jacques what jacques is that yeah because yeah. it kind of sounded like you were trying to say that with the spanish accent i was just i was actually gonna start saying javert and then i was like i don't actually remember if he's french but i think he is and so then i ended up butchering it to jacques okay no i was just i don't that's it. Mm. It's very boring because mm. Adam can also be a French name, but it's anyway, be less fun. Yeah, uh, I took it more as I don't. Are either of you Catholic? No, right? Uh, there's like a thing, isn't there, where you have like a your your communion name or something like that? Isn't isn't there? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. I thought there was a thing with. That, <laughs> so. I think so. No, right. so, I mean sometimes like your name it, like can be biblical or like has meaning, but there's mm. no like other name they give you. Oh, okay. All right then. Never I guess mind. I don't want to speak for all religions, but I like feel pretty confident speaking for the Catholics. 
that's the one really that's the one <laughs> there are other religions y'all do what you want to do but i don't know maybe some, maybe you, you can form the jacques religion i don't know I'll, t- I'll tell you what y'all do what you want to do is not the catholic motto <laughs> no well it's, it's not the, the yeah well that's, yeah. A, that's a different podcast <laughs> but Bob being a sacred name is fun because Bob is the name of my father-in-law. So he oh, would love to know that. There you go. Sacred Bob. Uh, it's like Robert. Uh, no. I don't. Name? Robert's yeah, my I don't. middle name. Does that count for anything? Is it from is, the Bible? Are you from the Bible? It is a biblical name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So then Bob is kind of a sacred name, right? But yeah. like most names are from the Bible. Most well. names? I, w- I mean, not like from. Uh, well, yeah. okay, from is probably the like the, most names are biblical in the sense that, like they appear in the Bible. I mean, most big books. Names. Yeah, a lot of names. Just feel like it's important to make that distinction that most yeah. Western names. Well, that's are, true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Bible. Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah, very fair. A whole other area <laughs> where other yeah. names are from. Is my name in the Bible? Yeah. Oh. Do you, do you want to do like a little little Bible moment of our names in the Bible next week? Is that no? I don't think so. No, I don't think that's this no, podcast okay. either. So I could. Okay. I never asked. I guess I can ask Robin when she's home if Kevin's in the Bible. Yeah, uh, we can go. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know if these names are sacred. You know what? Everyone has a sacred name. It's your name. Except yeah, I feel I like I feel like the 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 factor here was like the the weird, not the weird, like the. Like Bob is a very normal average name, and I think the point of like them saying, "Oh, it's a sacred name," is like, "Oh, it's just Bob." Like that's you know, yeah, it's, that's it's comedic, right? Yeah, I feel like that was more of the comedy note than like a this stands for something. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know any Bobs. I know Roberts, but none of them go by Bob. Well, yeah. Hmm. I I mean, listen, this this is a whole other conversation. But we we had a moment. Robin's dad is obviously uh, uh, older, um, and he had a moment. <laughs> He's always gone by Bob um everyone just calls him bob and then he was talking about how he read a thing recently and bob is one of the least sexiest names oh, so he's just no. like, oh i need to start changing my name and we're like the now you want to start changing <laughs> your name now like it seems i think you're fine but uh what he did find was uh rob was one of the more sexier names so he's just like how do i transition to go from bob to rob and we're like i, I think that ship has sailed dude but I don't know. It's one letter. You can just. I really it. like your father-in-law talking about his sex appeal. Um, I know. Well, I, Kevin, I have to ask this follow-up question: Is your father-in-law sexy? Like, is that? <laughs> I'm not answering that. No, question. you're not answering that one. Okay, that just no, that's a that's... bad look for Bob's. I think if, if it's you're not too, willing to answer see, that. It's too complicated. No, too complicated of a situation yeah, there. Too complicated. Okay. Yeah. All that's right. Fair um... uh, anyway, Amy asks. <laughs> there's a chance the whole thing just collapses with the ship up there. River says, "Incredible builders, the Applins." The doctor says he had dinner with their chief architect once. Two heads are better than one. Amy asks what that means. Did the doctor help him? But the doctor explains, no, he had two heads. He asks River what the very end of the book said. And River reads, what if we had ideas that could think for themselves? What if one day our dreams no longer needed us? When these things occur and are held to be true, the time will be upon us. The time of angels. Uh, Bob looks for the other two soldiers and we see the silhouette of an angel. Amy asks if they're there yet, that it's a hell of a climb. River explains the maze is on six levels representing the the ascent of the soul, only two levels to go. The doctor says the Applins are a lovely species. They should visit them sometime. Amy says she thought they were all dead, but the doctor says, so is Virginia Woolf and I'm on her bowling team. Very relaxed, sort of cheerful. Well, that's having two heads, of course. You've never heard of a snog with an extra head. River says, doctor, there's something I don't, I don't know what it is. The doctor says, yeah, there's something wrong. Don't know what it is yet either. Working on it. 
and then, of course, they started having laws against self-marrying. I mean, what was that about? But that's the church for you. Or no offense, Bishop. The bishop says, quite a lot taken, if that's all right, doctor. <laughs> Amy says, the church had a point, if you think about it. The divorces must have been messy. The doctor then says, oh. Amy asks what's wrong, and River says, oh. And the doctor says, exactly. River says, how could we have not noticed that? And the doctor says, low-level perception filter, or maybe they're thick, and says, nobody move. Everyone stay exactly where they are. Bishop, I'm truly sorry. I've made a mistake, and we are all in terrible danger. River explains the Aplins have two heads. The doctor continues, so why don't the statues? The doctor gets some soldiers to move away from the statues, tells them all to switch off their torches. River asks if you sure about this, and the doctor says, no. The light goes back on in an instant, and Amy says, oh my god, they've moved. The doctor runs down the passage, and it's filled with statues coming towards them, and says they're angels, all of them. The river says it can't be, and Octavian tells the clerics to keep watching them. All the statues in the cavern are climbing up towards them. The doctor says every statue in this maze, every single one is a weeping angel. They're coming after us. This, like Moffat, again, we're going to heap the praise. He's so good at writing lines like this. Just these moments. Because Silence had one very similar, right? Where it's just like, how many people in this room? And it's like, they say like five, and it's just like, then why are there six shadows? Incredible. And then this is so equally good because it is similar, but like hits in such a different way. Because they spend so long talking about the two heads and they're joking. And like, even as a viewer, you don't put it to like, put it together. You don't get like, that's immediately what's wrong at least for the first time watching. And then River, like the doctor gets it. And then also like half a second later, River gets it. And I love love how fast that was for the two of them. That is just very obviously like, well, they had two heads. So why do these statues only have one? And it's just like, oh, oh, it's so well done. It's so like shot chaser. Like it's so good. Like so well executed. I just, like this level writing is just, oh, it gives me just chills. And also- envy so much envy yeah the and it's, it's like so scary too right like the whole thing is like the they they don't lose the horror for the intellect like the intellect like fuels this horror here that's going on because like okay a catacomb full of weeping angels terrifying as hell i would i i don't even know what i would do i would i would crumble under the situation without any question but like the way they realize it like just adds to that like level of, Oh my God, I am scared like out of my pants right now. And simultaneously I'm having to use my brain to like figure out why I'm scared so much. Like this is, it's just so much so good. It's just, it's just incredible. We have to heap the praise. We have to do it. Someone has to do it. We'll pick up the mantle. We'll do it. No one else is doing this. No one else is doing it. (laughs) No one else is doing this. No one else has ever even noticed this man. It's just us. (laughs) Uh, and I love the doctor like carrying on this conversation and without skipping a beat of the acknowledgement of like, yeah, I'm working through it. Like some, I agree. Something is off right now. Still figuring it out as he like goes back to continue talking. And it's that like kind of the fact that he's talking and processing at the same time is just so clever. We've seen him do it before, but yeah, it's all very good. Uh, Bob hears the voice of the soldier telling him to come and see something. He walks slowly and the angel pounces. River says there was just the one angel on the ship. Amy asks if they could have been there already. The doctor asks how the Aplins died out, but Octavian says nobody knows. And the doctor says, we know. Octavian says they don't look like angels. And Amy says they aren't fast, but they should have had them by now. The doctor says, look at them. They're dying, losing their form. They must have been down here for centuries starving. Amy says, losing their image. The doctor finishes, and their image is their power, 
and then realizes, don't you see all that radiation spilling out? The crash of the Byzantium wasn't an accident. It was a rescue mission for the angels. We're in the middle of an army and it's waking up. River says they need to get out of there fast. Octavian calls for the missing clerics. Bob tells Octavian over the, range, over the radio that Angelo and Christian are dead, that the statues killed them. The doctor asks Bob where he is, and Bob says he's on his way up, homing in on their signal. The doctor asks Bob what the angels did to the clerics, and Bob says, snap their necks, sir. The doctor says, that's odd. That's not how the angels kill you. They displace you in time, unless they needed the bodies for something. Octavian asks Bob to check the data packs on the other two for vital signs. The doctor tells Octavian not to be an idiot, tells Bob to keep running, and asks how he escaped. Bob says, I didn't escape, sir. The angel killed me too. Snap my neck, sir. Wasn't as painless as I expected, but it was pretty quick, so that was something. The doctor asks if he's dead, how he's talking to him, and Bob says, you're not talking to me, sir. The angel has no voice. It stripped my cerebral cortex from my body uh, and reanimated a version of my consciousness to communicate with you. Sorry about the confusion. Doctor says, so when they say you're on your way up to us, Bob says, it's the angel that's coming, sir. Yes, no way out. Octavian orders them all through the wreckage. The doctor apologizes to Octavian for calling him an idiot and says, sorry, but there's no way we could have rescued your men. Octavian says, I know that, sir. And when you've flown away in your little blue box, I'll explain that to their families. The doctor asks- What a line. That, right? by the way, brutal. Like both these moments, I loved the read, like Matt Smith's read and just, just that like, Oh, uh, so when when you say that you're coming, you mean uh, yes, sir, the angels. And it's just like a great like, uh, of course. And then this moment of just like, yeah. And then when you're gone, I'll make sure to tell his, their family that because that's what I have to do. And it is this like moment again for the doctor where it's just like you come and and you do your thing and then you run and then we're left here and we'll have to pick up the pieces. And I think that's so interesting um, from that perspective uh, with this this one, which makes sense to me. Like the context here. I think works like they try to do this sometimes and other times which i've railed against but in this context in this moment it really fits and really i think is effective yeah uh the doctor asks angel bob which angel am i talking to the one from the ship bob confirms yes that the other angels are still restoring the doctor says ah so the angel is not in the wreckage thank you and runs past amy he tells amy to run she says she can't tells him to look at her hand that it's stone and she's trapped uh, also, another great one. Again, like, there's just so much good doctorisms, and I just what I love about Matt Smith. Like, I think his exuberance allows for the cleverness to shine a lot because he's always talking. Also, so like a moment like that, where it's just like, just to confirm, are you are you, you're the one from the ship? He's like, that's right. Great. Now I know it's empty. See you later. Like, it's yeah. it's very funny. And then we got Amy with her stone hand, uh, which is creepy in and of itself because now it's leaving you with a, is she turning into stone? Like. Yeah yeah well and we saw it earlier a little bit we didn't we didn't talk about it a ton but they're wiping your eye and like getting the sand and, mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff it's like a very cool kind of visual like oh man there's like more to this too oh my gosh does anybody have basilisk blood <laughs> <laughs> yeah so octavian points out the byzantium river says it's 30 feet up asks how they get there the doctor asks amy if she looked in the eyes of an angel and amy says she couldn't stop herself but she tried the doctor says listen to me it's messing with your head your hand is not made of stone amy says it is to look at it the doctor says it's in her mind that she can move the hand and let go amy says she can't that it's stone the doctor says the angel is going to come and turn the lights off and there's nothing he can do to stop it so he tells her to concentrate and move her hand amy says she can't the doctor says they're both going to die Amy says he's not going to die, that he's got to go, that he does all that stuff with River that's all got to happen, that he can't die there. 
The doctor says time could be rewritten. It doesn't work like that. The statues start to arrive. The doctor tells Amy to keep her eyes on it and not blink. Amy tells him to run. The doctor says he's not leaving her there. Amy says, I don't you need I don't need you to die for me, doctor. Do I look that clingy? The doctor tells her to move her hand. She says uh, he's got to go, that the people up there will die without him, that if he stays with her, he's killing all of them. The doctor says, Amy Pond, you're magnificent, and I'm sorry. Amy says, it's okay. I understand. You've got to leave me. The doctor says, oh, no, I'm not leaving you. Never. I'm sorry about this. And he bites her hand. The doctor says, see, not stone. Now run. Amy says, you bit me. The doctor says, yeah, and you're alive. Amy says, she has a mark and tells him to look at her hand. The doctor says, yes, and you're alive. Did I mention? Amy says, blimey, your teeth. Have you got space teeth? The doctor says, yeah, alive. All I'm saying. <laughs> great moment. Also, great solution. I love that he was just like, okay, listen, and then just bites her because, of course, that's going to work. Just like if your hand was stone, you wouldn't have felt that. Uh, but like their exchanges are so delightful and so comedic and just so they just feel already, I think, like friends, which is what I really love about their dynamic and how quick it feels like and believable. Because again, of the chemistry between these actors. Well, and this the the comedy of it, Kevin. Like that's to me like what really there's just like cracking jokes. Like they're basically just goofing around. That what you know, I say that I feel like I would crumble and fall under these like types of circumstances. To be honest with you, if I was in a catacomb of angels, I'd be like cracking jokes and like being like, Oh, we're definitely dead. Like this is over. It'd be like so much gallows humor. That's hundred percent what I would do. And like just biting each other's hands. Like that's so funny that that's happening down here, like in this midst of just absolute peril. And he's just like takes a chomp out of her hand that's it's just so funny i'm obsessed this is it's one of my favorite relationships of of anyone on the show yeah 100 percent. one of the clerics says the statues are advancing the torches keep flickering octavian and river point out all the torches do as well as the glowing globe the doctor explains the angels are coming and are draining power for themselves octavian points out they won't be able to see them the doctor says they can't stay there Octavian says the statues are advancing on all sides. They don't have climbing equipment to reach the Byzantium. River says there's no way up, no way back, no way out, no pressure. But this is usually when you have a really good idea. The doctor says there's always a way out. And those words echo through the chamber. The voice of Bob asks to speak to the doctor. The doctor says, hello, angels. What's your problem? Bob says, your power will not last much longer. And the angels will be with you shortly. Sorry, sir. The doctor asks why he's telling him that, and Bob says, there's something the angels are very keen you should know before the end. I died in fear. doctor says, I'm sorry. Bob says, you told me my fear would keep me alive, but I died afraid in pain and alone. You made me trust you, and when it mattered, you let me down. Amy asks, what are they doing? River says, they're trying to make him angry. Bob continues, I'm sorry, sir. The angels were very keen for you to know that. The doctor says, well then, the angels have made their second mistake, because I'm not going to let that pass. I'm sorry you're dead, Bob, but I swear to whatever is left of you, they will be sorrier. Bob says, but you're trapped, sir, and about to die. The doctor says, yeah, I'm trapped. And you know what? Speaking of traps, this trap has got a great big mistake in it. A great big whopping mistake. Bob asks what mistake, and the doctor says, Amy, trust me? And she says, yeah. He asks River. She says, always. He asks the rest of them, and Octavian says, we have faith, sir. The doctor asks for his gun and says, I'm about to do something incredibly stupid and dangerous. When I do, jump. Octavian asks where, and the doctor says, just jump, high as you can, come on, leap of faith, Bishop, on my signal. Octavian asks what signal, the doctor says he won't miss it. Bob says, sorry, can I ask again, you mentioned a mistake we made? The doctor points the gun at the Byzantium and says, oh, big mistake, huge. Didn't anyone ever tell you there's one thing you never put in a trap? If you're smart, if you value your continued existence, if you have any plans about seeing tomorrow, 
there's one thing you never, ever put in a trap. Bob asks, what would that be, sir? The doctor says, me. And he shoots the Byzantium. Come on. It's all wild. Come on. Which, by the way, what makes this moment even more amazing, Murigal coming in with that 11th Doctor theme, which is hands down my favorite theme in the entire series. And it's just so good. It gets you pumping. And he has, like... Uh, Moffat writes these moments of the doctor's like badass speeches and they just hit every time especially when paired with this theme yeah. it's so good and it's so epic and that's where the episode ends it's just yeah. such a great great moment such a great capper and you're just like oh ah! like it's it's oh chef's kiss chef's kiss it really does drive it and i I, to be honest with you i think that next week might be a little bit of a music breakdown if i'm remembering some of the variations on the themes they do to finish off this two-parter but like the way that it drives the story the way that it drives the words you know that come on marie gold just come on like how are you doing this to me right now and of course like we know that he, the doctor's gonna be like, it's me. Like, you shouldn't trap me. Like, that's, yeah. of course, where this is gonna end. We know it from the first moment that he starts the sentence, right? Like, we know where that's going. But he just, he lets it sit there. He, like, lets that shit simmer on the stove, baby. He, like, gets it there. He's like, you know who you shouldn't be putting in? If you want to see tomorrow, if you value any shred of your existence, me. And then, boom! He just goes, oh, my God, I'm just obsessed it's so good it's such an amazing way to end this first episode because like we've talked about this before two parters end of the first part it's dire it's i was gonna say the same it's really not good it's really really bad we often don't get this we don't get this moment of like it's really bad but i'm here i'm doing something like this is not good for you you might think it's bad for me but it's you you're the one that it's bad for and like Oh, this is how I want two parters to end. This is how I want this first part to go. I want to have this feeling of like, I really can't click on that second part right now. Like, yeah. I really have to stop for this second yep. podcast. Like, there's no one out there listening that ever stops for this. There's just no way that anyone did that. I uh, and I like whatever. I I understand you. I wish I were you, but like, oh, I'm so excited to get to this resolution because like this has me pumped. This has me so excited. Like, the doctor has so much agency here, and we don't know how. Like, we don't know. We don't know yeah. what's going on. We have no idea what this is going to be. But like, it's bad. But the doctor, you better not freaking put him in a box, man, because you're screwed. Yeah, it's it's truly fantastic. And it does get you pumped in a way. And you're right. Like we usually cliffhangers are it's dire. You're about to fall off a cliff and that's where it's over. Right. Like literally a cliffhanger. And with this, it it is actually like a jazzed up moment. You don't know what the solution is going to be, but it leaves you feeling epic. And you're just like, let's go. You know, there's just uh, an excitement about it. And you're right. That line, the the like, uh, don't put me in a trap situation is, is reminiscent for me about like the, the Watchmen line, um, which is like, you think I'm trapped in here with you, but you're the ones trapped in here with me. I think is like that level of it of just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you got this backwards. And I think it's like, really fantastic and it hits like the right notes to get you excited about what's to come in like a very different kind of way yeah and matt smith delivers these lines so well like i'm having immediate flashbacks to the end of the first episode Mm -hmm. when he's like stepping through the vision of all the previous doctors with his bow tie on and everything i'm the doctor (laughs) yeah it's just it's all it's so freaking good and yeah i was thinking the exact same thing as you adam like as opposed to this like really dire how are they going to get their way out of this situation it's like that 
but it's no, no, no. The doctor is up to something and I can't wait to see what it is. It's going to be great. Wow. The Duke boys are in some trouble again. How are they going to get out of this one? <laughs> so see, it's a show called Dukes of Hazard, Adam, that, uh, that's from a long time ago. Okay. But... All right. I like okay. you think I've watched Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> I feel like you've heard of it. Uh, it's going in. Oh, you yeah, don't think I've heard the... of Dukes of Hazard? You think you're, no, you're no, trying I... to gatekeep the hearing of Dukes of Hazard from me right I now? I don't mean like the the '90s movie, which might be what you're thinking. <laughs> I don't. Know, I, I don't know what I'm thinking. All I know is the Dukes of Hazard reference on the latest episode of Freaks and Geeks, which which I'm watching with Sarah now. So there you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, There's my. That's my Dukes of Hazard reference. It's a, good, anyway. it's a good good reference and a good show that you're referencing. Oh, yeah. You, you, you like Freaks and Geeks? And Geeks? I bet it's yeah. been okay. Freaks and Geeks is great. Yeah, it's been okay. Yeah. That's fine. I'm just real. Yeah. Well, one of the, I forget her, I forget her character, but the one who plays Audrey on Dawson's Creek, she's the worst and I hate her so much. Anyway, there's a whole, it's a whole thing here. Okay. Interesting. Busy Phillips is the, Busy I don't know. Phillips. I just don't know I, the name of the character on Freaks and Geeks yet because I, I, I don't do names. So anyway. Yeah. I don't remember her. Sam? that might be right uh, i think it might be sam yeah um freaks and geeks is great there's so many actors who almost everyone on that show became like someone yeah um, and i believe this was a judd apatow joint and so yeah. like it it really was a big launching for him uh he has another series that happened right after this was also one season but it was also i really liked called undeclared um oh. this is also really solid but that's not this podcast this yeah, podcast anyway. we're here talking doctor who and while this episode is wrapped, um, we do have some feedback, not from this episode alone, but also from last week, Adam, correct? We do, yeah. So always please keep sending in your feedback. We'll read it for, for previous episodes as well. But let's start with the stuff for this episode, just part one here from Daniel Fields. I'm good with having to suspend belief, but river floating in space with no physical complications is a bit much. Okay, so there it is. Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, my guy. Um, it's fine. They he, She literally asked for the air corridor. And so whatever river wants, she can have. Um, and so that's Correct. all I have to say on that matter. Uh, the brakes noise, Matt Smith making it and River explaining it. Fantastic. They found a way to make the angels return creepy AF, that video thing, than the dust in the eye. I know what happens. I've seen it over and over and I'm still on edge. Bob is a sacred name. I love it. The episode freaked me out when it first came out. Amy Stonehand, and it's all in your head. Just brilliant. So besides the one little snafu of River in the space, okay, pop off. Um, I'm totally fine with people having a little bit of nitpicks, but you know, for for that to be the one, I don't know. I mean, um, it's what we base our podcast around, right? Yeah. yeah, that's fair. It's yeah, very fair. Okay, so from Nicole, um, this episode is incredible. All the Dr. River Amy banter in the episode is so good. It's good by itself the first time you watch it, but taking into account things we find out later. Spoilers. She didn't say anything specific, so I, I hope not. I didn't read this all the way through. And it makes uh, some of the dialogue even better when you go back and watch it again with that knowledge. There you go. I would recommend doing that, actually. Absolutely. I always recommend rewatching it. This two-part is one of my favorite episodes. has to be top five for me. It's so riveting, and it uses an enemy we've already known about as a foundation to build upon so they can take it into an even scarier, more dangerous level. And by level, she does mean literally level under the catacombs. Like, that's the level that we're talking about, which is inside, by the way. Amy with the angel tape. She said that. She said it's inside. I just want to put yeah. that in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nicole fully okay. supports me in all of my endeavors. Um, time, time travel right here. I don't know. <laughs> 
And we let the uh, angel tape is so suspenseful and terrifying every time. I love that scene. It's shot so brilliantly. And what a complete badass Amy is. Bishop Lock and Load was a pretty great line, as was River Hug Amy. Dead Bob is so sad. This reminded me a lot of the silence in the library with the consciousness mm-hmm. of the dead people trapped in the technology who turned off the lights. This was less sad uh, than that was because it wasn't really Bob coming to terms with his death. It was, however, much more malicious when we realized the angels are intentionally taunting the doctor and using a person they've just killed to do it. It's tragic, but the cat and mouse aspect of it uh, between the angels and the doctor is very fun to watch. The final line uh, of the episode is so dang good. Just chef's kiss. Classic doctor line. It is a classic Doctor Line. It's a classic Matt Smith Doctor Line, aka mm-hmm. a classic Stephen Moffat written Doctor Line. Yes. <laughs> it's really like what's going on. He's here. very good at it. <laughs> He's very very good. Uh, Wait, did, did you know Stephen Moffat is a good writer? I don't think we've said it. Like, oh, I don't think we've talked about that. Well, that's no. it. uh, it's interesting. We should we should be on the lookout yeah, for which I'll episodes take. he's written, and then you know ju- judge appropriately. Mm-hmm. Finally, well, so for this who's, episode, who's that blue? Who's that blue person on the map? <laughs> Sorry, inside reference doesn't matter. Continue. (laughs) From Bill Hall about this episode. Uh, River, the Weeping Angels, Amy, this episode just serves us everything. Some quick notes. Love the bombastic opening for River and her summons to the Doctor. Matt Smith doing the TARDIS noise kills me. (laughs) One of the funniest bits ever. (laughs) She's Mrs. Doctor from the future, isn't she? The creepy video scene with Amy is genius. My mind went to Ringu slash The Ring. Mm. uh, I don't... I've never seen The Ring, so I don't know. That's a Kevin reference, I think, but... Also, much of this is reminiscent it. of Aliens. There you go. More Kevin. Uh, congratulations, Kevin. Pop off. There is a Bishop saying My time that. has come. With Final the time <laughs> of Kevin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is Kevin's an angel? Uh, no, 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 no. No, we can't have that narrative happening. I never said that. No one clipped that. <laughs> um, and finally, this quote taunting the doctor. You told me my fear would keep me alive, but I died afraid, in pain, and alone. You made me trust you, and when it mattered, you let me down. Just brilliant. Can I Girl. ask? Um, can we, uh, I'm curious for the both of you, what your TARDIS noises sound like? If you were to make I a mean... noise. Something like that. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was closer. Yeah. Don't laugh at me, Kevin. That was closer than you thought I was going to be. That was closer than I thought I, I was going to be. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I just did it. You have yeah. to do it now. Well, it's, it's, um, that, you know, like that. Oh, that's pretty okay, good. That's pretty okay. good. All right, yeah, because 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 Kevin's or Adams is very like it sounded mechanical. Yeah. Versus mm-hmm. like when the doctor did it, he was much more focused on like the whooshing, like the whooshing. Like no, was of, that you doing it? Or that was, was me. That, you that was me. The that, that, that was, was me yours. doing okay, an imitation okay. of the doctor. Oh wow! Yeah, that's, so, that's, so I'm that's, gonna need you to do it. Though. I need you to do yours. Oh God! Like you didn't. No, I can't. <laughs> was that a cat? That felt like a you cat. Were, you yeah. were there. Yeah, that was catish. Uh nope. <laughs> <laughs> need to laugh. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> okay, we'll work on it. We'll work on it for next right episode. Now. Yeah. We want to hear all of yours too. Send us in yeah. send us in clips of you doing the TARDIS noise. I would actually love to listen to those. Yeah, um, post them in the Discord. That would it. be great. Seriously. Um okay. From previous episodes, we got some feedback, including last episode, which I was not here for. Um, we'll start with Bill Hall, uh, because I, his feedback for the last episode is going to be way more interesting than mine, probably. From him, uh, about the uh, Dalek episode last time. The compulsory Dalek episode. Not great, but not terrible for me. Definitely overstuffed. Man, the space fight. 
I hated the space fight. I appreciate how consistently the Doctor is moved to anger and action by the Daleks, but this ground of you have to let us escape or humans die feels worn. Uh, if I uh, lens this one out more as comedy, I enjoy it more. The fun bits and lines that reveal the Doctor about Bracewell, we created you, and it, he is a bomb? Daleks with the long con early on uh, when the Doctor hits a Dalek and asks, do you have to require tea? Um, and later the self-destruct device faker from the Doctor. It's a Jimmy Dodger, but I was promised tea. Yeah. Um, it was fine. That's my whole, uh, uh, like, that's your, that's your whole take. It was fine. It was I, fine. It was fine. I hated the space battle. Those are your two. The space battle. I don't like star Wars. We all know this, but it was fine. Like it was, it was whatever. It was a whatever episode. It wasn't like a top tier Dalek episode. It wasn't a top tier Matt Smith episode. It wasn't a top tier, like Stephen Moffat episode, which like Melissa made well, a really interesting point one. last week of like, how are, what's the bar upon which like we're judging these kind of episodes versus like the episodes we've already seen before versus like once we get past the Stephen Moffat, Matt Smith era, like what is our bar going to be? What is a three during this area versus what's a three then? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out as we go. But like, you know, that's a future problem. That's a future problem. And it's like, it's, it's tough because like we're getting the best doctor who, in my opinion, like around this time. And this was not as good as the best, but like, I don't know. You stick this episode after like a rando Eccleston episode and it's like a 4.5, like easily. But now we're sticking it between like angels and 11th hour. And we're like, okay, well this is tough. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I, th I just thought it was a really interesting point that was made on, on the last podcast that I was uh, not here for. So well done. Well, done. see, I listened to you, Eliza. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Plus also he's a problem that we're all going to have to deal with and not a lot of time. So. You know. I appreciate that you need to be like trapped in a vehicle for many hours in order to. Okay, don't even start this with me. I, 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 I've been here. I've been here all the time. I do you not remember the Twilight I managed to listen to you. Um, yeah, true. I say like I wasn't gonna finish Twilight anyway. Um, okay. Also, Bill goes uh, back even further from Beast Below Companions first. Um, timey wimey adventure i remember liking this more than i actually feel after the rewatch this time the whole protest or forget element architect scene uh from the matrix vibes blissful ignorance or difficult truth is a fairly classic uh and i just think the messaging slash symbolism gets a bit heavy-handed here especially at the end i like the mystery element the doctor identifying a police state and amy seeing what the others could not my newest bit slang education word minging which i have gathered means nasty or disgusting are we learning uh, British slang on this podcast? Are we like, are we doing any work there besides minging? I would not have been able to tell you what a jammy dodger was outside of Doctor Who. I mean, I've had that cookie. That's for yeah, sure. but I've never called it that. Yeah. Do they actually call it that, or was that like a? I think okay. So. Okay. Okay. Pop off. Uh, and then from Eleventh uh, Hour, the final piece of feedback we have from Bill, who's uh, been going through here. This is such a stellar introduction for Smith. The opening with Little Amelia is truly an all-timer, the kind of scene that stamps itself into your brain. Leading up to the climax, I love this idea of stripping away the TARDIS and Sonic screwdriver as the Doctor literally searches for his new garb, his completed form. He has his companions. He's going to tell the Atraxi not to pull the, not to pull the shit again. And it's truly an operatic lead-up to the, hello, I'm the Doctor, and you best run! From second watch perspective, I have my eye on the larger story arc, hence uh, the crack Pandorica silence. To see how I experienced this time, I did not remember Olivia Coleman as one of the multiforms. Kevin's ongoing tease revealed. I believe uh, this you is know what? this was the discussion. Okay, we did talk about this. I didn't pull this feedback, but there was some discussion on like who is the biggest famous person coming up in the season. And I I truly feel like we have now overhyped it to the point when we say who we have been talking about. You, everyone who's listening, is going to be like. 
you you stupid idiots this is not the most famous person like you've had more famous people on this season and i just want us to like should we start tempering expectations and be like you know what nope no more famous people are coming on yeah this is it we, we've this got is it Jorah we're done mormont was actually the one we were looking for it was your yeah. mormont from game of thrones you got it Very yeah clearly. congratulations that's who Yay. it is we're such big game, game of thrones, of thrones was pretty big it was a pretty big show so yeah, a lot of people did watch that so many people watch that so many yes. people did, did you, you ever watch i i haven't seen a single moment of game of thrones oh, are you a game of thrones okay. person melissa i don't i feel like yeah, i don't know i watched all oh you it. are okay all right yeah. so it's just me all right that's fine this is like this is like not one single again. person has ever actually recommended it to me though. Like I've asked multiple people who are like were big into it, and I was like, "Well, I certainly I like wouldn't recommend it now." <laughs> okay, well, now is the only time that I, I mean, okay, yeah, because people what hated how it ended. That was the whole thing. I mean, the... I wouldn't recommend it to you because you're not a fantasy guy. Yeah. So okay. no, but I would recommend how it to other you people. Play so much D and D. I mean, I like my own fantasy, Kevin. I live in my own oh, fantasy world all the time. Oh God! And... Oh my God! <laughs> yeah he's got his fresh vanilla fantasy which is my, a reference neither of you will get it's fine oh i mean i'm familiar with like how i'm, I'm assuming no, how you're using vanilla but i don't know it's a, no, it, no, it's sonics from drag, time to time a, that's all it's I a drag race reference uh, oh drag queens okay um the uh oh gosh what are we even talking about right now no i, I would recommend game of thrones to someone who likes fantasy i would just tell them to you know maybe stop partway through yeah, mm -hmm. um, stop at a certain point and wait for the stop books, at a certain point. And wait for the which books. might never come out. Yeah, <laughs> or just not. go in with like tempered expectations. I don't know. People are too hard on the ending. It's fine. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, the only other thing to clean up, Victory of the Daleks, the scores that I have from last week. Yes. Again, it's tough. So also, we're not doing scores for this episode until the end of the two-party, but we already knew that going in. So the scores for last week, Victory of the Daleks. This is really tough. I like. I really took to heart this idea of like, what does a three actually mean? What does a three point five actually mean? I don't know. I answered with a three for for Wibbly Wobbly. I think that's generous, but like. It's, I also think it's not because we're just going to get so much this worse. So it's like, is that middle of the pack? It's probably above average, but I don't know. So three for that. And then 3.5 for Tommy Miami because I actually liked kind of the historical element. I love, I, you know, you give me Winston Churchill and like a whole big thing there. Like I, I'm going to fall for that probably more than most folks. So that does end us up at a 3.1 for really Blobbly and a 3 for Tommy Miami. So just a, just a skosh higher than where it was uh, previously. We also got a, a few additional scores to kind of put in there. So. There you go, to clean that up for the last episode. And that is all of our feedback and scores that we're going to be doing today. That is indeed going to be, especially like all the scores, as uh, Adam mentioned, we're not going to be doing scores for this individual episode. We are waiting until next week and doing uh, once one Wibbly Wobbly score and one Timey Wimey score that encompasses both parts. So it's one story, one rating. Um, listen, as this stands right now, high. High is yeah. where I am. So we'll see where the wrap-up leaves us, but I still feel pretty high. Um, any other last thoughts for this week before we head into next week's episode, which is going to be Season 5, Episode 5, Flesh and Stone? I'm just excited. I'm just, like, really excited to watch this. Uh, it was tough to not hit yeah play the next on this, and I'm, like, not even a binger. I don't binge shows. I'm incapable of doing it now, and I was like man, I really want to watch this. And I just, I, oh my gosh, it's going to be so good. Yeah, if it hadn't been like one o'clock in the morning last night, I, prob I probably would have <laughs> podcast be damned, but I went to bed. You are a responsible person because I am not. Like I have to stop myself from continuing certain episodes and stuff even late at night where I'm just like, I want to catch up, but 
uh, it's late. I should go to bed. Well, I'm about to stay up until like 2 a.m. Yeah, I'm about to like stay up until 2 a.m. to watch the premiere of Sex Education tonight. So, you know, it's I like, got uh, the I just got the notice on my phone that such a sex education premieres. Uh, so, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so, you know, responsible or not responsible. I don't know. Well, Netflix needs to stop releasing its shows at midnight Pacific. No one lives in the Pacific time true. zone. Give me uh, give me the Eastern time zone midnight, you know? It's that would be helpful thing. for you too, Melissa. It would be helpful. It'd be earlier for you. Yeah, I actually don't mind Eastern releases because then I can watch it at just like nine. I don't want to watch yeah. TV at midnight either. So yeah, well, I'm yeah. actually fine with that. So catch me up at 2 a.m. If you're still up, come say hi. Except this podcast will have been released days ago, so I don't know. Yeah. Get your TARDIS, go back in time and say yeah. hi to Adam. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us this week, and we will see you next week as we continue our journey in Doctor Who. Until then, Geronimo! Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.